Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. After the Civil War, freed slaves in the South faced an uncertain future. Economically destitute, they struggled to establish schools and buy their own land. The entrenchment of the sharecropping system and segregation and the rise of the Ku Klux Klan made their chances for success remote. In 1877, as Reconstruction ended and federal troops withdrew, black families began to leave the South by the tens of thousands, searching for a better life. A small percentage of the black settlers left the South in organized groups, drawn to Kansas not only for its cheap land, but also its reputation as the home of Underground Railroad activities and John Brown's anti-slavery crusade before the Civil War. Benjamin, nicknamed Pap Singleton, was an escaped slave from Tennessee who returned there after the war and distributed flyers in the southern states to encourage freed slaves to establish colonies in Kansas. Singleton testified before the Senate Select Committee investigating the Negro exodus from the southern states in 1880 that he had led 7,432 blacks out of the south to settle in Kansas. But for the most part, this was an unorganized exodus, encouraged in part by the exaggerated claims made by northern town companies who hoped to profit from selling land to the immigrants. Kansas was the chosen target for some of these promoters. The largest colored colony in America is now located in the Great Solomon Valley in Graham County, 240 miles northwest of Topeka. All letters of inquiry regarding soil, climate, and locations should be addressed to W.H. Smith or his secretary, S.P. Roundtree, Topeka, Kansas, until May 15, 1877, then at Ellis, Ellis County, Kansas. A post office will be located in June at Nicodemus, which is beautifully located on the north side of the south fork of the Solomon River, near the line of Graham and Rooks County. 14 miles east of Hill City and is designed for the colored colony. By September 1st, the colony will have houses erected and all branches of mercantile business will be opened out for the benefit of the colony. A church edifice and other public buildings will be erected. No saloons or other houses of ill fame will be allowed on the town site within five years from the date of this organization. We invite our colored friends of the nation to come and join with us in this beautiful promised land. Nicodemus, Graham County, Kansas, July 2nd, 1877. We, the Nicodemus Town Company of Graham County, Kansas, are now in possession of our lands and the town site of Nicodemus, which is beautifully located on the northwest corner of Section 1, Town 8, Range 21 in Graham County, Kansas, in the Great Solomon Valley, 240 miles west of Topeka, and we are proud to say it is the finest country we ever saw. The soil is of a rich, black, sandy loam. The country is rather rolling and looks most pleasing to the human eye. The South Fork of the Solomon River flows through Graham County, nearly directly east and west, and has an abundance of excellent water. While there are numerous springs of living water abounding throughout the valley, there's an abundance of fine magnesium stone for building purposes which is much easier handled than the rough sand or hard stone. There is also some timber, plenty for fire use, while we have no fear but that we will find plenty of coal. 
Now is your time to secure your home on government land in the Great Solomon Valley of Western Kansas. The immigrants were called Exodusters, in reference to the biblical story of the Israelites' escape from Egypt. They had little experience other than farming southern crops, and most of them had no money to buy land or equipment to begin farming with. However, false rumors that land was free and economic assistance was available increased their numbers. On May 23, 1879, Isaiah T. Montgomery of Warren County, Mississippi, wrote to Kansas Governor John P. St. John about the suffering of 25 families of exodusters who migrated from Mississippi to Kansas. Governor St. John was the head of the Kansas Freedmen's Relief Association, a group that quickly formed and tried to manage the flood of impoverished immigrants. Montgomery's father, Benjamin, was a former slave who managed the plantation of Joseph Davis, brother of Jefferson Davis. Isaiah worked after the war to improve conditions for freed slaves. He alludes to the fear of Mississippi landowners that they were losing their workforce and mentions the oppressive conditions under which blacks lived in Mississippi at the time of the Exodus. To His Excellency, Governor John P. St. John, Topeka, Kansas. Dear Sir, I arrived home safely last Sunday and take advantage of the first available time since planning to write you. I will first speak an explanation of some of my actions which probably appear inconsistent with the principles avowed to you. From the 5th March last up to the 1st of April, some 25 families numbering about 70 head of refugees left this place for Kansas. On account of exposure and mismanagement, they fared badly, especially on the way from St. Louis to Wyandotte. They contracted diarrhea from drinking water of the Missouri River and pneumonia from the sudden changes incident to a long deck trip. They most all concentrated at Wyandotte, and while there, through one of their number, William Nervous frequently advised me their destitute and suffering conditions, and finally asked that some arrangements be made for them to return home. Our firm immediately placed the necessary funds in St. Louis, Missouri, and I wrote nervous, giving the proper explanation to make the money available, at the same time stating that I would come up if telegraphed for. In answer to that letter came the enclosed telegram, worded as follows. Kansas City, Missouri, received at Vicksburg, April 22, 1879, to Dr. Barnmore. Tell Montgomery, meet me, St. Louis, with the people that left Ben, William Nevis. On receipt of this dispatch, I immediately left for St. Louis. Arriving there, I learned the people were still in Kansas City or Wyandotte and concluded to go up there where I met them, found many sick and them all in bad condition. Generally, some eight or ten had died. Of the rest, some were living in improvised board shanties, some in boxcars that happened to be left near the elevator. Many were camping on the riverbank. They were apparently overjoyed to meet me. I spent about a day amongst them, relieving their necessities as far as practical. I also informed them that any wishing to to return home could do so by having themselves and baggage ready to board the first steamer bound for St. Louis. 
At Lawrence, Kansas, I met some of the best men that had left our place. They was anxious to locate on land, and on their account, I first conceived the idea of locating a track of several thousand acres with people from the same neighborhood. On my arrival at Topeka, I became familiar with the management and disposition made of the colored immigrants, which led me to suggest the plan finally adapted by your association. You are familiar with the sequel. As a principal, I favored immigration of the colored people, but doubted its, its success and practicability until after I had thoroughly investigated Kansas and its people and became acquainted with the high principle which actuated them in their endeavors to provide for the poor, downtrodden, homeless wanderers. I was anything but favorably impressed with the first view at Wyandotte and thought I was doing humane services in providing transportation for those who had wished to return. I don't know how we should have succeeded without the return migrationists. They were very glad to get back and give your country a bad name in many instances, which pleases the whites, but the blacks to the contrary. The letter still cherishes found hopes of reaching the promised land of Kansas, and I believe we'll continue to go as opportunities arise, but under better leadership and more prudent management. The former do not relish my assertions that you have a fine country, despite the scarcity of wood, and that colored people can live there and better their conditions if they knew how to proceed. They are pleased at my opinion that your people do not understand the management of colored people and that your present policy is inadequate to accommodate a wholesale exodus. This letter has already grown too lengthy and I fear it may tax your patience to peruse it. Please address an answer as early as convenient with no mark on the envelope to denote that it comes from the capital or any official. Note that I address you without prefixing title in order that the letter may not attract undue attention. Nothing is too hard to suspicion of this country, where it has been the custom for a century or more to ramshack the mails to prevent the circulation of documents breathing the spirit of freedom. Hoping to hear soon of the favorable progress of the Freedom A&R Association, also of your continued good health. I am with best regards very respectfully, your obedient servant, Isaiah T. Montgomery. P.S. One of the first things I learned on reaching home was that our country school, which usually runs five months, have been suddenly reduced to four months without previous notice to the teachers or trustees. I consider this a bad step in view or on the heels of the late promises colored people being almost wholly the ones interested in country schools. But we are dumb, having no organ, we cannot complain to an enlightened public who consider free education one of the bulwarks of liberty. Less than a month after Montgomery's letter, Governor St. John received this letter, dated June 18th, from a black school teacher in West Point, Mississippi, that describes the changing political atmosphere that Southern blacks were trying to cope with. In reply, Governor St. John expressed sympathy for her family's plight, but advised her that there was no money to help with their travel costs or free land when they arrived. Respected sir, I write a few lines to you for information about our immigrating to your state next fall. We are hard-working people, but cannot reap the benefit of our labor. I went to the state of Ohio in 1877 to see if we could make a better support than in Mississippi. I found the laboring class of people could. 
It has taught me to know there is a better living in a grain, fruits, and stock-grown state than in a cotton-grown one. Reverend Ephraim Strong, my brother, served in the United States Army three years during the War of 1861 and was honorably discharged at its close, desired me to write to you for information on making a support in that state. We want to know if we can get any assistance from the government or any society to immigrate to Kansas. We have seen some papers from there, and we feel if we could get there, we could make a better support. The way we are paid for labor in Mississippi, there will be very few of us that will be able to come without aid. I have been teaching public schools in the district ever since they began in Mississippi in 1871. When the Republican laws ruled the state, I made right good support at it. But since the Democratic power has got in, though, we can scarcely board and clothe ourselves. But for the love of our race, we keep on. All the people in district I taught are wanting to immigrate to Kansas this fall if they can get assistance from any quarter. And if all do not come, if I can get information from you that I can get in any business for support and get assistance to get there, my brother, father, and husband and I are coming. A great many desired me to write to Kansas for information. I thought it would be best to write to you. I see in the Missouri Republican that you have a Freeman Society, thinking perhaps we could get assistance from it. Please answer our letter and let us know if you can aid us and on what term you would be willing to aid us. By doing so, you will help us and a great many more, and we will be grateful in our hearts. Your humble, obedient, and grateful servant, Rosalind Cunningham. The majority of the exodusters arrived in Kansas destitute, and the efforts of the Kansas Freedmen's Relief Association were largely unsuccessful. Some of the immigrants were absorbed by the existing black communities, such as Tennessee Town in Topeka. With the exception of Nicodemus, black agricultural settlements in Kansas were short-lived. The town of Nicodemus in Graham County had at its peak about 700 settlers. It still has about three dozen inhabitants, many of whom are descendants of the original Exodusters. Each year, in July, they hold an annual homecoming that celebrates their unique legacy. In 1996, Nicodemus became a national historic site devoted to preserving the community's heritage and educating tourists about this important chapter in post-Civil War history. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are part of Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from the Historical Society collections. The URL for the website is www.kansasmemory.org. Thank you.